Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. From today's reading from Proverbs, do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. C.S. Lewis was once asked by a group of his colleagues at Oxford about what made Christianity unique. All religions, they said, present ethical challenges on how to live and what to value. And so what is it, they wondered, that makes Christianity distinct? And the great C.S. Lewis only needed one word to answer their question. Grace. In today's reading from Luke, Jesus tells a parable that is meant to shatter the anti-grace tendencies that exist within each one of our hearts. Believe it or not, this story about taking the lowest place is not advice on how to behave at a party, nor is it Jesus' attempt to save us from social embarrassment. No, it's a story meant to shatter that part of us that may want to exalt ourselves in the sight of God. The parable is told at the home of a leading Pharisee's house. According to Luke, the Pharisees were watching Jesus closely, but a better translation would be hostily observing. In fact, the Greek word Luke chooses is tied to assassination plots. And so the emotional tone of today's gospel is very hostile. People are angry with Jesus, and they are offended. And so the question is, why? Well, the Pharisees, and I will admit to painting with a broad brush here, but the Pharisees were very concerned with their own religious performance. Ethnically speaking, they were Jewish, part of God's covenant people, and by virtue of their birth, they were promised a share in the kingdom of God, which the Bible often compares to a great wedding banquet. But not only that, the Pharisees were meticulous rule followers. They didn't just have God's law, they kept the law to the T. And because of that, many Pharisees felt superior to people who did not keep the law, the poor, the unclean, the sinful. And what is it that human beings tend to do whenever we feel superior to others? We exalt ourselves. There's a story about Winston Churchill in the later years of his life. Apparently, upon exiting his car, the former prime minister chided his driver for being rude. Sir, said the driver in response, you were rude to me first. And as Churchill exited the car, he was heard to say under his breath, that might be true, but you are a chauffeur, and I am a great man. The Pharisees, in their own eyes, 
were great men by virtue of their birth and by virtue of how closely they kept the law. And what happened over time is that many of them ceased to see the law as a gift of God's grace, but instead came to believe that God actually delighted in their purity, their rule-keeping, their refusal to associate with people who did not keep the law. And so can you see why today's gospel is so emotionally charged? Jesus has consistently been making claims about himself and about his work that negate the claims the Pharisees are making about themselves. If you keep putting yourselves forward in the sight of God, Jesus said, you will be humbled. The great wedding banquet is on the way, but if you think you have a ticket by virtue of your birth or by virtue of how closely you keep the law, in other words, if you presume that you can walk on in and take the highest place, then guess what? You can't come to the banquet because God's invitation is for one group and for one group only, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And of course, everything about Jesus' life seemed to reiterate this teaching. He treated nobodies like they were kings and lepers like they were celebrities. He embraced the very people that everyone just assumed God had forgotten about. And what was his message? Good news? We've made a little extra room. You can come now too. There's a seat way over there in the back. We'll go ahead and squeeze you in. No. Jesus' message was so much more beautiful, so much more offensive than that. Friend, he said to people who had no friends, move up higher. I want you to have the seat of honor at my father's banquet. And of course, this disposition on the part of God is what Lewis meant when he used that wonderful word, grace. And so here's the question I want us to lean into today. What anti-grace tendencies are swimming around in our heart that might keep us out of the banquet? For example, maybe there's something that God has forgiven us for, something we've done, but we cannot forgive ourselves. Well, that's a pretty good sign that we're not so sure about the grace of God. Or maybe we feel more pride over our achievements in life than we do gratitude, and we don't really get those slackers and underachievers who haven't accomplished quite as much. If so, we have forgotten that everything we have, including our intellect and our work ethic, that this too is a gift of God's grace. Or let me ask this question from a different angle. After hearing today's gospel read, which of the following prayers rings more true? Number one, God, give me grace to like serving the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. I know, God, that you love them, and so teach me to like them enough to serve them. Or prayer number two, God, thank you for inviting me 
to the banquet. I am poor in spirit. I'm crippled by sin. You tell me to walk humbly beside you, but I am lame. You tell me to behold your beauty every day, but I am blind to your goodness. Thank you for inviting me to the banquet. I know I don't deserve any of this, but I am so grateful. Because here's the thing, it's not that the first prayer is a bad prayer or that it's utterly devoid of truth. But what I will say, quite unapologetically, is that behind any prayer we make, where we get to stand in the place of the fortunate and someone else is over here in the unfortunate position, is a subtle belief that you and I are great. And that Christianity is primarily an ethical challenge to love people that aren't so great. But Christianity is not primarily about great people learning to love others who are not so great. It's about a great God. About a great God that chooses to love, to save, to heal, to bless people that aren't great at all. Or to boil the whole thing down to the word that Lewis used, the whole thing from beginning to end is all about grace. And so let's go back to Jesus' parable. The parable begins with the words, when you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet. The great irony of this parable in the context of the larger biblical narrative is that we are invited to God's wedding banquet, not as a guest, but as the bride. It's one of the great motifs, the great metaphor that runs throughout the scriptural narrative, right? It's no coincidence that Jesus' very first miracle took place at a wedding banquet in Cana of Galilee. That miracle was a sign. It was a pointer to this great wedding that awaits our world, a wedding between Christ and Christ's church. God's intention has always been to marry God's people. But to quote again today's reading from Proverbs, we can't just put ourselves forward in the presence of the king or stand in the place of the great. We are sinful and fragile. We are completely unfit to seek God's hand in marriage. God is in so much higher of a place. And so can you see the irony of the parable that Jesus tells? The one who told it, whom the Gospel of John describes as being full of grace and truth, he is the one seeking our hand in marriage. And because we could not go where he was, Jesus lowered himself to come where we are. You see, no one on earth was more distinguished than Jesus, and yet Jesus did not sit down at the place of honor, but on the cross, Jesus chose the lowest place possible. In a world that seeks to exalt itself, Jesus chose to be humbled. In a world that seeks to honor itself, Jesus chose to be shamed. In a world always seeking to move higher and higher and higher, Jesus stooped down lower and lower, all out of a desire to speak four grace-filled words to anyone humble enough to hear them, friend, 
move up higher. In other words, what Jesus does for each one of us is stand in his Father's presence and say, give this person my place. On the cross, I took their place. Give this person my place. God, I want them to be honored in your presence. Now, in a moment, we will all get a foretaste of God's future wedding banquet in and through the Eucharist. That's what Holy Communion is. And so let us not forget who's invited. The poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. That's it. My prayer is that we will be humble enough to understand what the Pharisees did not understand. We are not excluded from that list. Amen. Amen. Amen.